P.S. I Love Hoffman is brought to you by the Cage Club Podcast Network. For all things Cage Club related, head on over to cageclub.me. That's cageclub.me. Iggy Pop! Amen! Let it rock! I'm a fucking idiot. Red meat, we crave sustenance. I'm an artist. Hello, my name is Jimmy Puppy. Why don't you have some fun? Fun, fun. Tommy, that's a cave thing. Whoever she is, I'm gonna find her and I'm gonna hurt her. I've spent the past three years learning Finnish. <laughs> I'm always home. I'm on cool. This is a process of dehumanization. Shut, 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 shut up! Hey, Hoff fans, welcome to P.S. I Still Love Hoffman, our love letter to the remarkable career of the late, great Philip Seymour Hoffman. I'm still Brian Rodriguez. And I'm still Kyle Reinfried. And we're always home, we're always uncool, and we're always ready to rewatch some of our favorite Philip Seymour Hoffman films. And we're actually uh, recording on release day today, Kyle, but we'll still have we'll still have it out by midnight, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we got we got this. <laughs> do Do you want to tell uh, people the main reason why we uh, moved our recording? Um, was it that we enjoyed the beginning of the new year? Oh, I thought it was that uh, you were watching your your giants in heroic heroic fashion yesterday. Oh, I guess I kind of maybe like that played sure that played a part in it. They won they won the battle but lost the war unfortunately thanks to your second favorite team the Philadelphia Eagles. Oh God, um, off fans from Philadelphia, <laughs> uh, you got great taste in actors because you're listening to a podcast about PSL of Hoffman, but you got. Horrible taste in sports organizations. <laughs> but of course, uh, you mentioned it, uh, bearing the lead a little bit. Happy New Year to all you Haw fans out there. It's been a, you know, not so bad 2021 so far. I uh, just wanted to mention, though, that the postponement, because I'm currently doing laundry. So, Kyle, you're going to have to, uh, you're going to have to take the helm in about half an hour, just letting you know. But it'll only be for five minutes. Regardless. Oh, f- f- five minutes in the length of this movie is nothing. So. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and the movie is Cold Mountain, which I'm actually excited to see. We haven't seen it in a long, at least I haven't seen it in a long time. How about you, Kyle? No, I haven't seen it in a long time either, so I am looking forward to a rewatch in that sense. But, um, you know, I, 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 I'll i give at least, I, I know for myself, I'm sure I'll have some some lulls and just like, you know, taking it in and taking in some moments. But we, we, we'll we see. And by the way, we are recording in our own homes today. We are not together we are uh, apart, unfortunately, but that's okay. We're going to sync this up. We both have HBO Max, and Cold Mountain is available on HBO Max, so that's where we'll be watching it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. HBO Max, uh, just one one more thing to pay towards. <laughs> well, get, you know what's free, Kyle? P.S. I love Hoffman, celebrating the career of Philip Simmer Hoffman. <laughs> So, uh, do you have the same Renee Zellweger image queued up on your screen? Renee Zellweger. I just, I, I just have it. I just have it set to. Um, it's a black screen right now. It's, oh, know, what's before that? Because we could press. Since we're on the same thing, we could press play at the same time. Okay, I see. Um, yes, I, the Renee Zellweger. Correct. Pretty cool looking, huh? Yeah, with a uh, double barrel shotgun. I don't know why I said it that way. 
<laughs> well, because Civil War, it feels right. Um, so once again, guys, this is a watch-along. So we'll be playing it. You can watch along, and we'll do a little commentary on it for the new year. It's a cold month, at least here in the Northeast, so Cold Mountain feels appropriate. Um, one more thing, Kyle, just wanted to mention. You know this, but I am at home, so... If you hear my dogs barking, I apologize. I hope, though, it adds to the wildness of this film. Exactly. Those those Morkies of the 1800s. <laughs> so whenever you're ready, Kyle, I'm ready to press the play button. Okay. Uh, and let me just see. I've got my closed captioning set up as well. Oh, good call. I don't know if I have mine. Give me a second. Let's see. Good call. Say? Cold yep. Mountain, two hours and 35 minutes, rated R, 2003. A breezy uh, two hours and 35 minutes. We shall see. This is a laugher, this one. It's a <laughs> big comedy. So uh, tell me when. Okay, ready? In three, two, one, play. Okay. It says Cold Mountain HBO at the top. And Do you have a, the HBO logo or the Miramax logo? Now it's on Miramax. Are you there? Kyle. Yep. Were you there the whole time? Or? Yeah, I'm here. Can you hear me? Uh, that was the first when you said yep, that was the first time I could hear you. Oh, that's weird. <laughs> Where are you in the screen? What do you see? Uh right it just passed something saying Mirage, I think, and now it's she just starts talking, Nicole Kidman. Yeah, okay. So we're on the same we're on the same portion. Okay. The dog is an effect of the movie, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> he my dog Henry's very excited for Cold Mountain. He's actually a huge Jude Law fan. Because <laughs> he's a dog as well. Is he? Is he a bad guy? Didn't he cheat on his wife with like the nanny or something? Oh. <laughs> I, I don't know. Maybe it's in the movie trivia. <laughs> Near the end of the Civil War, northern troops lay explosives under the southern defenses. So this is, of course, a very famous battle of the Civil War. I mean, I don't know if it's famous, more as it's a little bit infamous. The Battle of the Crater. Because it kind of did nothing. Uh, oh, this yeah, is Petersburg. We get the Battle of the Crater a little bit later, I think. Oh, no, no. The Battle of the Crater is in the Siege of Petersburg. I'm looking it up now. Apologies for Civil yeah. War buffs. So this <laughs> is, you know, one of the most epic moments of the Civil War. True battle right here. And we will see why in a second. Very accurate Civil War things. I, I remember my brother was really excited to see this movie. And I think he liked it. But I know a lot of people thought it was going to be like a cool epic civil war battle movie rather than kind of a uh epic love story yeah an epic love story here's jude law one of our leads with a cool beard of course we're watching this for our main man philip Seymour hoffman who doesn't have the most prominent role but at the time in his career it's a pretty big role and he'll get nominated for the golden globe for this one and he gets to reteam with jude law you know yes from the talented mr ripley
Now, I know they're going to change this in a second, but it's really clean, right? Like for a Civil War trench. Yeah, yeah. I guess it's, I mean, it's not like uh, in World War One with trench warfare that they're in the same trench all the time, right? Uh, I don't know. I think they're more or less in the same trench, but remember, it's a siege. So That's true, yeah. So they're like, um, it's not like spread out over a whole country or something. Jude Law and Nicole Kidman in any other film together? I'll look it up. Hmm. Uh, I have a lot of facts today, don't worry, but I'm like trying to save them. <laughs> uh, no, for as they happen in the movie, I'm not going to just be like, here's every information bit on the movie. Who did you want to win the Civil War? <laughs> Shut up. Oh, I'm New Jersey, you're New York, you know, we are from the north, we are Yankees, we are not... No, I'm a Met, I'm a Met. Oh, you are, yeah, I'm sorry, you are a Met. <laughs> That's dinner right there. As an owner of rabbits, are you offended by this scene? No, because I understand that's food to them. Here we go, the Battle of the Crater, famous because of the crater. Um, it was an attempt to try to break the siege. It actually failed and didn't work. It just killed a lot of people and was very ineffective. <laughs> it's just crazy. You don't like think of explosions this level all the way back then. That's why it's such an epic moment. The Civil War, they say, is the first modern war. And I think we tend to be so centric with American stuff in this country, obviously, you know, but that's the history we learn and we grow up with. Uh I thought there were, wait, I thought there were more shots of this battle, no? Yeah, there are. Oh, okay. I'm like, this doesn't look like it. Okay. This is directed by Tarantino. It's all out of order. Yeah, I forgot. Who is the director again? It's the same director as Talented Mr. Ripley, correct? Oh, what's his name? Anthony Mangalia? Yeah. Gotcha. So, yeah, uh, when we see more of these epic Battle of the Crater moments, I'll share more of the battle stuff that I just happen to know. I was actually speaking with someone, um, the father of my cousin's fiance, random, but um, he told me that over the summer he went to Gettysburg, which I, I, you've been to Gettysburg, right? Yeah, long, uh, almost 10 years, or no, over 10 years ago. Apparently the brewery scene's amazing right now. So you go to really? see the Civil War stuff and you go to a bunch of breweries and it's pretty cool. Hmm. Speaking of breweries, I think what's important to understand about the Civil War aspects of the film, Donald Sutherland, another person who will uh, share some screen time with Philip Seymour Hoffman in The yes. Hunger Games. We just covered that. So you wanted to know, sorry, who? If Nicole Kim and Jude Law were ever in any other movie together. I'll look it up now. 
Oh, yeah. So uh, apparently that's like a thing. And I know we shouldn't downplay the deaths and Civil War history, but I don't know. It sounds like a fun trip, right? Gettysburg, see some history and drink some beer. Yeah. It was a pretty, from, you know, what I recall, when we bought a CD and we, like, drove around, like, and it was, like, a guided tour via the CD. Oh, cool. I'm sure it's not a Uh, CD anymore. No. I'm sure you just, like... Podcast that you download. Yeah. Yeah. So, yes, uh, they were in a film called Genius. Have you heard of this film? No. The Chronicle of Max Perkins, 2016. That's it. They were both in it. I'd never even heard of it. Colin Firth, Jude Law, Nicole Kidman, Laura Linney, Guy Pierce, Vanessa Kirby, Dominic West as Ernest Hemingway. Whoa. Sounds fun. Even though I never heard of it. So, uh, speaking of beer capitals and such, Cold Mountain takes place in the mountains of North Carolina, not far from a town you and I have visited and talked about a lot, Asheville. Oh, that's cool. Did they say the town a little t- Like, is the town Cold Mountain? I think the town is Cold Mountain in the movie, yes. Okay. And it's actually a mountain. Hmm. Have you ever worked wood, Brian? All the time. <laughs> Have I worked wood? I mean, not. I've never built a house, no. I'm not a... I mean, I'd love to do more of it, but no. Not in any real capacity. Always a big Nicole Kidman fan. I like Nicole Kidman. Um... Bewitched. <laughs> exactly. I remember we we had a uh, a high school teacher in which said that Bewitched was going to be a make or break moment for Will Ferrell's career, <laughs> which it totally wasn't. No, it was just like a blip on the radar. Yeah. That's pretty convenient. There's a huge explosion. The, your, the photo's right by you. <laughs> Look, it's a love story, okay? So, um, interesting. So this is the kind of the aftermath of the Battle of the Crater, which again, like I mentioned, was ineffective. But the Battle of the Crater is one of the inspirations for the Battle of the Bastards in Game of Thrones. Ah, okay. We don't actually see, I don't think, the fighting in the crater, but you remember those scenes in the Battle of the Bastards, like when they're in that crater. That's kind of what it's based on. That's what happened. And oh, when they're in, they're in a cr- crater, more or less like it's a it's a h- human crater. Well, that's kind of what happened in this battle. I, I we might see it here. I don't remember. It's been so long. How well, it ends yeah, up there, being. There's a flashback to like when it's like blo- it's this part, right? I think so, and that's kind of yeah. But the problem is when you're in this crater, it's harder to get out of that human. It's more. The Battle of the Bastards was cool and all. I'm not saying it wasn't. But you get why there's a pileup when it's a crater. You know what I mean? 
rather than there, I think it just happened, if I remember correctly. Yeah, there it's like a land crater. Battle of the Bastards is like a body crater. But it becomes a body crater in this the Battle of the Crater. But it's easier to understand because they're forced up against a wall, see? Yeah. But in the Battle of Bastard, it just sort of happens is what I'm saying. I one of my favorite parts of or I guess ideas about this film is um really showing the ugliness of war and I know that's cliche and I know that's obvious but it's kind of more like platoon than like in Gettysburg the film or glory think about glory right there are good guys and bad guys in glory, and I know it's ambiguous here. But yes, we're rooting for like a Confederate guy. We're not rooting for the Confederacy, to be clear. But he doesn't give a fuck what side he's on right now. He just wants out. I was going to ask you do you, Do you think? I mean, that um, this movie would be made now. Um, if it wasn't going to be made now, then I would kind of be critical of it. To be honest with you, um, I think it would be a little bit too much going into that quote-unquote PC culture if it wasn't going to be made now. Um, I don't think it gets made for other reasons, you know? I don't know if this is kind of a popular story now. Yeah, I agree. But in in terms of, like, controversial, he is not a confederate. He is, yes, in the strictest sense of the term. But he's not, like, a stone-cold confederate here, if that makes sense. So, I I mean, I was going to talk about it a little later, but I guess I'll talk about it now. The area of North Carolina that they're from, this mountainous area, was actually very pro-Union. They were a part of the South that even Lincoln thought he could get back super easy. They didn't have a lot of slaves because they didn't have a lot of plantations. You can't really have plantations in the mountains. And they were kind of reluctantly on the Confederate side when they were. I'm not saying everyone like that wasn't a racist. I don't mean that at all. In fact, most people in the Civil War North and South were racist by today's standards even ones who were fighting against slavery. However, he's not like a... I don't think they're glorifying. Does this look like they're glorifying? The no, there's so much people? blood no. and... Yeah. <laughs> so anyone who's like, oh, yeah, you know, this is bullshit. Like, I don't believe in that. I think it's one of these things, and I think that's why this battle here is so key and so kind of cool. It's that, you know... <laughs> Do you really think they're thinking of the ideals of what the war is fought about when they're in this crater here fighting to the death? No, they're just trying to survive. No, we're just even having shots of, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, African-American soldier of the North fighting a Native American soldier that was on the side of the South. It's crazy. See, now you're kind of seeing a little bit more of this, like, Battle of the Bastards stuff. Yeah. I know guns, obviously, but, you know. (laughs) I forgot how bloody it was. I mean, it's good that it's bloody, but I'm just like, oof. Anytime it's like, sta- like I mean, obviously gunshots are horrible and stuff like that, but stabs, I hate seeing stabbings. Oh, yeah. Imagine the jobs of these people, the unsung heroes of the Civil War, having to count the bodies up, send the body back home. That's crazy. Identify everybody or as much as they can, you know. 
see who's living and see who's dead. You know, pile up the dead for a temporary grave. Sometimes they'll dig it up, you know, a couple weeks later and then send them home. But the South ended up winning this one. Like I said, it was like a really dumb experiment, we'll put it. Yeah. I forgot he's in this movie. Brendan Gleeson. Mm-hmm. I thought he was just killed on the streets of New York. I was just going to say. <laughs> he gains back his Irish accent. Or I guess this is pretty much at the exact same time. Yeah. Is this ever going to be... Do, uh, do you think they're ever going to watch this on Too Fast to Forever on a lap of theirs? Why? Because of this kid from... Oh, I forgot. Georgia. That's Jesse, right? I think it's his one name. In, I don't know his name. The one in the Jetta. The, he's in the first movie. No. No? I, no, this is two, uh, Tokyo Drift lead character. The young one that's in, be- in bed. Oh, really? Stabbed. Yeah. Let me see. I thought it was Jesse. I can't really see his face, so. That's the main guy from Tokyo Drift. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. Let me look it up. You might be right. I'm not saying you're wrong. It just, he doesn't look like him at all. But I I think you're right because it's just, I'm used to him with a fucking receding hairline. (laughs) I thought it was Jesse. I don't see him on the cast. Be- let me go okay. down. Let me let me keep scrolling. I was down. gonna say it'd be easier to go to his profile and True. then search his film. I just had it open. Huge cast here. Lucas Black. Yep, you're right. Oakley. He is Let's see how far down he is. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18th lead in the film. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you have a lot of cool people. You know, Melora Walters, Jenna Malone, Ethan Supley, Jack White, Charlie Hunan. I forgot he was in this. Ray Winstone. Natalie Portman. What a cast, huh? Even today. This is one of these casts that today you're Wait, even you like. Did you Natalie Portman? Yeah, that's what it says. She's in this movie? I guess we'll see. That's what it says. She plays Sarah. Wow. Why am I totally blanking on that? She's a baby. I just see a picture of her with a baby. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> but Taryn Manning is in this. I don't know if you're familiar with Taryn Manning. But she is the, um, what's it called? She's Orange and the New Black. The lead. The... Oh, really? Yeah. I mean, she's way down this list here. Emily Deschanel, Zoe Deschanel's sister is in this. She had her own show. Bones. Bones, yeah. Hmm. So, I mean, what a cast, top to bottom. I mean, if it's an epic tale, you have to have an epic cast, right? But even, like, people who weren't as big at the time. 
yeah it's like kudos to like it's like a casting director you know that saw a little something and just you know got yeah. him for these bit parts So the real Cold Mountain, um, I don't think it's called Cold Mountain in real life. Because there's a Cold Mountain in Georgia, and that's not it. Mm-hmm. Maybe it is. I'm trying to find what it's actually called, though. Asheville, they say, is the closest town to Cold Mountain in real life. Oh, okay. You could probably they say you can see it in the like in behind Asheville. You know, we've been there, you know, you see the city and the mountains, so that is literally the area that this takes place. Um I forget the actor's name, the one that's like the the uh what would he be? The baseball the captain uh, in Major League. The captain in Major League. What position does he play? I'm sorry, the manager. Oh, oh, yeah. What about him? He's in this? Yeah. Oh. He's like, that's who that's like house it is. Oh. He's got that gr- like great grumbly yeah. voice. Yeah, <laughs> that's better, yeah. <laughs> What is that guy's name? Lou Brown. That was his name in the uh, in the movie. So the actor's oh, okay. name is, is Lou Gammon. <laughs> oh, okay. Wait, no, James Gammon. Lou Brown is the name, though. James Gammon. And his character name, and this is Esco Swanger. His big, his three biggest... Things according to IMDb are Major League, Cold Mountain, and the Iron Giant. Uh, Who yeah, Vin Diesel's yeah. the Iron Giant. I know that. Yeah, it's funny. He, Groot and the Iron Giant are the same voice. It's a good one. He's got a good voice. So maybe uh, they'll cover that on Too Fast, Too Forever. You think so? Here on the Cage Club Podcast Network. That's cageclub.me. It's cageclub.me. By the way, wherever you're listening, hit that subscribe button, whether it be Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Stitcher. Thanks for listening with us today. We have a little bit of a ways to go. (laughs) (laughs) The mountain doesn't look that cold. Looks wet. Kyle, come on. Kids could be listening. That's funny, right after I said that, Jude Law said it can't get much wetter. <laughs> she was like, yeah. Challenge accepted. You think that's wine they're giving out? Ah, Some kind of brandy, maybe? Yeah, I would think like that, or like, yeah, like a whiskey. A little high pour for a whiskey, but who knows how high they poured back then. So I, I'm going to ask you a question. Um, um, I think I know the answer, but did you read the epic novel that this is based off of? 
No, I did not. <laughs> Didn't even know if it was based off of a book. Yes, it's based off a 1997 novel of the same name by Charles Fraser. So quite a turnaround time, 2003, 1997. Yeah. Six, six years, but this is not like a movie you can prep overnight. So what was the turnaround time for Hunger Games? I have no idea, to be honest. I don't know when that book series... I have Would to you... imagine that book series came out like in the 2000s. Hunger Games, the first one. Uh, why is this so hard to find? 2008. The Hunger Games movie. Wow, 2008 to 2012. Four years on that one. So Hunger Games be cold in that one to turn around time. So, Kyle, now's about that time where i got to go out my laundry. So, why don't you educate uh, our audience, the Hoff fans out there, on the use of rifles in the Civil War and how that would change throughout the period. I know you're an expert on that. <laughs> so, I'll be right back. It's more like a John Woo movie right now with these white doves. The church is finished just like a white wing dove sorry i'll be right back are we on the same visuals i'm still curious because i I, like accidentally hit something before you stepped away we got the dove we got the finished church yeah let's talk uh church and state and how it shouldn't be you know how it should stay separated or the beautiful eyes of Jude Law and Nicole Kidman. How old is Donald Sutherland? That's something I want to know. Let's see. Donald Sutherland. <coughs> Only second when Googling. Guess who's the first Donald that pops up? He is now 85 years old. Oh, he was born, I didn't know he was a Canadian. Born in St. John, Canada. Hmm. Over the, uh, the new year, Brian and I w- were together, but we couldn't, we, we couldn't record it because we didn't want to take the time away from our ladies, his wife and my girlfriend. Uh, that would have been rude. And I don't think they had interest in Maybe, maybe they would have watched the movie. We could have just like recorded it. But they probably would have just wanted to watch the movie versus hear us talk. So anyway, um, we watched Donald Sutherland's son, Kiefer Sutherland, in The Lost Boys. So we watched The Lost Boys instead of Cold Mountain. I didn't realize he also had a bunch more children. He has... Four? Four sons and a daughter? Oh, Rachel. No, I don't I don't know her, never mind. The Sutherlands. It's kind of a cool last name. Has there been really oh, I guess there's been some food and drink. Just thinking of my other podcast foodie films. I have to do a better job when watching uh movies 
to write down food and drink scenes because that's a part of my of of, uh, of that podcast talk a talk a scene from a non food driven movie that has you know the food and drink scene. So in this, they kind of she she brought them the what was that iced tea when she first showed up. Uh, I guess chasing after the rabbit. That's that's a food related thing. And then what Brian said before, whether it was brandy or whiskey or wine. Um, but yeah, that's have to pay much more attention to that. Ah, uh, the tin picture. Could get that done at Six Flags now. I don't think it's really tin. They just make you look like that. I don't... Why are they all... They're giving, like, the... What do you want to call that? The cleaver? The hand gesture? Now... These boys... Now, Brian was giving some... And I trust him in the... uh, actuality the truth of that history you were saying before of north carolina in that area being uh you know fans of lincoln and that kind of stuff but those guys seem pretty excited for secession and this war of northern aggression that is about to begin it's about time these guys belong in uh Charlottesville with some tiki torches. Ready fine. Very much a time of um I guess for when did hats re- like by the 40 definitely the 50s cuz then I think it became much more about the the hairstyles. Not that they didn't have, you know, hairstyles back then. But Hats were worn, I feel like, much more out about. Hmm. I forgot about Ray Winstone being the creeper bad guy in this movie. I've returned, Kyle. Oh, hello. I was saying I... One of the things I said in my alone time was... I, I, I don't question what you're... Saying before about, you know, where they are in North Carolina and North Carolinians, you know, being more on the, you know, like. Well, the mountainous part of North Carolina. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But these fellas were quite excited for secession. Gotcha, gotcha. Well, they learned their lesson, didn't they? (laughs) But you don't see many slaves. No. Again, this is not based on true story either. No, this is it's like the the I'm sorry, what was that battle again? Battle of the Crater or mm-hmm. That's like the Titanic sinking and then the rest of this is Jack and Rose. <laughs> 
it's not dissimilar to Saving Private Ryan if Saving Private Ryan was a love story, you know? Epic battle at the beginning, kind of a adventure at the end. Not adventure, but like most of it being, you know, just traveling and it is a love story. It's a, a story of a, a band of brothers. Watch it sometime. That's different. That's a different oh, thing. Oops. <laughs> Tom Hanks, a... World War Two. It confuses me. He's not in Band of Brothers. He's just a producer. Yeah, he's right? a producer. Yeah. yeah. I know. I'm just, I'm just <laughs> <kidding>. <laughs> um. So yeah, I, I don't know. I, I I like having these rewatches. Just kind of just be a relaxed chill environment like as if we were watching a movie together which we are you know i I enjoy talking about facts i enjoy doing that but i i like just talking it out too and i just like having a good time i don't want this to be the nerd podcast you know no offense to you filmers we we didn't we didn't work on the film we can't be like oh it's funny because uh right before this nicole kidman (laughs) had diarrhea oh god (laughs) Like the filmmakers would say that. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly, I haven't watched commentary in a while, <laughs> or maybe I haven't. You haven't, and that's the that's all the latest crazy maybe. These days. Did you know Nicole Kidman did her own piano playing in the film? I did not. Well, now you know. Speaking of people who are musically talented, oh yeah, you're right. This town is. This little town here is very much on the side of the Confederacy. Again, it wasn't a blanket thing, but theoretically, if you want to be more realistic, a lot of this region was neutral at best, and sometimes pro-Union. That yeah, and the mountains I, of Tennessee as well. Yeah, I mean, in the end of the day, there's there's going to be lots of wars where you're going to have soldiers that don't want to be fighting whatsoever. For sure. I think, though, this little kind of made-up town of Cold Mountain is... What a make-out scene, huh? Yeah. I think it represents, though... They're fighting just to fight, you know? They're not really defending much. No one's ever going to attack Cold Mountain, probably not. You know, little skirmishes here or there, but it's it's clearly not an objective or anything. So, Mm -hmm. they're just... Kind of being macho, you know? It's the cool thing to do. Not really knowing why they're fighting or what they're fighting for. I think that's fair to say. Yeah, exactly. They just, they're, <laughs> especially back then, they're not... People are traveling so much less, and then they just hear certain things about certain areas and just have totally judging and anger and hatred towards people that they'll never, ever even meet until, obviously, possibly on the battlefield. Yeah. And again, like you're, you're not seeing the economic impact here. You're not seeing like the slaves. You're not seeing, and that's accurate to the area. I remember reading a criticism of this movie. Oh, you didn't really see the slave lifestyle, but yet, yet again, were there slaves in this area? Sure, it wasn't oh. like <laughs> the big plantations. I must be a little ahead because I'm on a plantation right now. Oh, really? How'd that happen? Yeah, you're like 30 seconds ahead. Did it just come up for you? Yeah. Okay. But I mean, this isn't where they're from. This is where they're meeting up. Oh, this is the hospital. Never mind. Oh, wow. And James Rebhorn, who plays, they never have a scene together, but plays Jude Law's father in Talented Miss Ripley. You're right. You're right. 
And there's Bones herself. And, and, and you noticed my dog Henry was got very excited again when Jude, Jude Law came on the screen. Yes. Such a fan. He, he's not a big fan of Bones, though. He isn't? No, oh, he's more, he likes rope more? <laughs> well, no, he loves those Bones, but he doesn't like uh, David Boreanaz. Oh, he was a, uh, oh god, my Buffy knowledge is really <laughs> He was a Spike guy. Spike. <laughs> These are all like dogs, <laughs> like names. <laughs> this is actually a prequel to The Hunger Games. <laughs> and yeah, in Sutherland, it ends up being uh, like a clone or something. <laughs> or a descendant, I guess. Because he's a nice guy in this movie. So yeah, that was a great juxtaposition, though, What uh, as we were talking about. The no slaves in kind of the mountain. And that's, again, that doesn't make them better. I'm sure they would have slaves if they could or needed them, but... These little mountain towns, you know, you have a couple rich guys, sure, but most people are just living in town, pouring it up. Not everyone could be Donald Sutherland here. Yeah. Where did they, they, they must have said in the beginning, where did they move from? Oh, I forgot. By the way, if anyone's like uh, keeping score at home, and I don't know if you mentioned this, Kyle, I think they shot this in Romania, somewhere in Eastern Europe. It was not shot in North Carolina. Oh, really? Yeah. I wonder if, um, like, the, like, the whole film? Some was shot in Virginia, yes. So, so no, but I remember... Let me see. I'm just curious if, if Philip Seymour Hoffman's scenes were in Europe, and if so, oh. if, he, if, he, if he visited his Polish friends. So the majority was shot in Romania, as I said. Some scenes were... Sorry. Some scenes were shot in South Carolina and Virginia, but the majority in Romania. Hmm. I was actually really surprised, and you know, you know this firsthand that when I remember reading this, I figured it was shot in Georgia because there's so many filming that goes on in Georgia, and it's like right over the border. Yeah. Because at that point, there wasn't as much. Gotcha. Um, yeah, here's her piano playing. But, um, you know, reading a little bit more information about where they shot it, the two most obvious places to shoot mountains would be California and Canada. But... Those mountains don't look like the Appalachians. The Appalachians are such a different kind of mountain range, you know? They're mm-hmm. not epic. They're old and rolling hills and slow. And I think that's mirrored kind of in the mountain ranges of Europe where they're older mountain ranges, you know? You, you, like, you couldn't... Imagine having, like, the Rocky Mountains in the background. That would totally throw you off. Yeah. Yeah. No, they're just... Uh, they're. The time uh, that I spent in Asheville with you, and then uh, one time for one job, I drove through the Smoky Mountains, and that was pretty, pretty awesome. Very, very beautiful, but yeah, just very different kind of mountains from the the you know ones the, epic the west peaks coast of the yeah. yeah. So 
another reason they shot the majority of the stuff in Romania was actually a practical one and to save money. The, the shot work they were doing on the East Coast and the Appalachians had a lot of uh, modern stuff in it. Power lines and highways and roads. So when they went to Romania, it w- there was none of that. So it was cheaper to shoot in Romania, fly everyone out there, than to digitally remove all that stuff in the accurate locations. Yeah, and then they just had uh, you know gypsies as crew members. Hey, you're not supposed to call them that. They're the Ro- they're the Roma people. <laughs> but we learn here on PS. I love Hoffman. We do. Ooh, Ray Winstone being a creeper. He's usually a good guy. <laughs> he had his like little moment between like the Departed. True, he in, true. He was in, he was in that weird. Um, he but he was he was a bad guy in the Departed. No, he. Oh no no! I'm just saying he's like oh. moment in the spotlight. That's what I, I thought saying. you were gonna say because he's like what's his name, Mister French. Yeah, like he's a bad guy, but he feels like on more of the gooder side, you know. Even though he's like a cold blooded killer, like you like him. If, does that make sense? I like. Yeah, Mr. well, Finch. that's what like Scorsese does with a lot of his characters. Could, yeah, true, yeah. true. Uh, yeah, but um, boy, she goes a little crazy. I forgot about that part. Oh yeah, Renee Zellberger's badass in this film. I can't wait till we get to her. And I tried to time everything early on in this film, too, with my laundry. Purpose and not on purpose, but I knew we wouldn't get Hoffman for a while. I don't remember when we got Hoffman first. Yeah, I mean, I know Jude Law is on the run at that point. And we see him as, well, we'll get into it. So the plantation, that was actually shot on a plantation in Virginia. So that's one of the only American scenes. Okay. Trying to see where Hoffman was uh, shot. Oh, okay. So at least some of Hoffman's scenes were the ones that were shot in North Carolina. Uh, Sorry, sorry. South Carolina. South Carolina. The church he preaches at, and we'll get there. Um, is actually in Charleston, South Carolina. Hmm. So I'm inferring that he did not go to the European portion, which was Cold Mountain and the mountain stuff. Yeah. That he, it looks like he shot in South Carolina and um, in Virginia, because that swamp part is in Virginia. Yeah, like this part, if we're, if we're, I paused it for like a little second to maybe get us on the same exact time but uh these buildings of the pillars oh there. yeah i i don't know i think i would imagine that this is uh either the south carolina or, or virginia exactly yeah but later when we see hoffman and they're on the run that's in like the swamplands of virginia and I don't know. It it's, looks exactly where they shot The Patriot and even what was that movie? That Disney movie that Hoffman's in early on? The oh. Yearling? The Yearling? Yeah, I'm looking at the DVD right now. 
So I was like, oh, it was shot there. And you know what? It was. The Patriot was shot in the same swamps. It's not gonna. It's not gonna say the yearling, you know, because that's not a big movie. But also, the Notebook was shot in the same swampy area. Interesting. Must be some good swamps. You might hear the police in the background. I actually don't pay for my subscription of HBO Max. So, <laughs> no, I do. I do. I actually do. <laughs> they have their own police force now. Wouldn't surprise me. So yeah, that's a little bit about the uh, where this epic film was shot. I wonder... I mean, it must have been so hard back then to keep track and like... Of deserters and stuff like that. Oh yeah, that's why you would take a chance. Like now, you couldn't really do that. <laughs> yeah. Because you could desert, be a deserter and go back home, sure. And they're likely to catch you. Or there's a good chance they will because they know where you live. But if you like had no family and wanted to be a deserter and just wanted to move out west or something, you could just change your name and do it. And plenty of people did. That's kind of where a lot of outlaws came from. Interesting. Oh, and that's Charlie Hunnam. Or Hunnam, or whatever. The albino. Is that politically incorrect? No, that's correct. I mean, I don't know. I assume he is. I don't know if he just has that style. Now, who's Jack White in this movie? He's the guitar player that Renee Zellweger. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Or mandolin or something. Captain Coriel's mandolin. (laughs) Cage Club. There's actually there's actually a uh, Cold Mountain Opera. Really? Um, it has ne- has never performed in New York, but it's performed in Philadelphia, Santa Fe, and Minnesota, and I believe North Carolina. Wait, what? What constitutes an opera? Like, what's the definition of an opera? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, we know it, but like, let's see definition. A dramatic work. In one or more acts set to music for singers and instrumentalists. So what's the difference between an opera and a musical? I mean, what defines an opera? Let me see. I, you know it, but you just can't articulate it. Neither can I. Um, the I music. Mean, I've never been to the opera, but obviously I always think of it first in like a foreign language. Yeah, it doesn't have just... to be. No, I know they don't have to be, but like, just like they just tend to be... I like I could not name you a single I mean I can't really name you like any operas per se. Madame but, Butterfly, Carmen. Yeah, exa- I mean, yeah, like the, those are like the ones like I'm slightly like aware of but you know and they're just they're just very old. I just didn't even know there was like obviously I, you, I, at least I'm not thinking how there's new operas. Oh yeah, all the time. Yeah. Opera is a form of theater in which music has a leading role and the parts are taken by singers, but it is distinct from musical theater. Such a work is typically a collaboration between composer and libertist and incorporates a number of performing arts such as acting, scenery, costume, and sometimes dance and ballet. 
The performance is typically given in an opera house and accompanied by an orchestra or a musical ensemble, which has, since the early 19th century, been led by a conductor. I still really haven't heard a difference between one. I mean, I mean, yeah, I see it. It's the music is first. There are very few plays where the music is bigger than the story. Um, yeah, I mean the mu- the music. Uh, I don't know, like, pretty much carries throughout it. Yeah. So originally, now they say it's not as prevalent as it was. Originally, every single thing is sung. Yes. Which, like, did you ever see the new? Les yeah, and that is similar, but that's operatic. Like you could say that that play is operatic. well. That's what I was going to say. Yeah, it has yeah. opera-like qualities, but it's not performed in an opera. You know, it's not well, traditionally the performed. Is. The movie is yes, but like that's I think what I'm opera like, the movie constitutes seeing everything. But I, I think if like you're like, what's what's the definition of plaid? What is um... it? checkered boxes but like different shapes I don't know. Like but not necessarily Di- you know what i mean different like sizes you... I don't know. but like you could say oh that's checks that's this that's that like where you and i know the difference but we have a hard time articulating it, it it's uh i don't know i know obviously Ooh, cool see anything um Oh, this is that whole thing with the bird, right? Yeah. Yeah. There he is. Jude Law. A little bit of a magic realism. So the acting is different as well, if you want to get down to the nitty-gritty. Apparatic technique often features more of what one may think as an antique or classic style, very elegant, strong, and emotive. Broadway style is singing, singing, acting. Broadway style features more belting, often than gradual dynamic shifts. You know, there's a difference in the way they sing, the way they act. Mm Mm-hmm. Here's your lady, Brian. Yes. <laughs> Bridget Jones. <laughs> she recently won an Oscar, right? Yeah, for I didn't see it, but her uh, depiction of Judy Go- Judy Garland. Yeah, I didn't see it either. It was that it was uh, multiple s- singers, uh, you know, for tr- tr- true life singers because it wasn't it was her and or wait, who won last year? Was it just Rami Malek or was that two years ago? I think that was two years ago. No, it was last year. Wait, I hate when they do this. Hold on, <laughs> I'm trying to. Th- 
feels like so long ago. It does. No, that oh, no, no, it wasn't last year. He won yeah, in tw- what? 2019. So 2020, yeah. who won? Uh, Parasite, ironic. Oh, Jude Law. I mean, I mean Jude Law. I'm sorry, I'm looking at his fucking picture. <laughs> no, uh, jo- Joaquin Phoenix. Oh, yeah. Oh, Jesus Christ. For the Joker. And so, and she won Best Actress just last year? Or was that two years Yeah, ago? that was last year. Okay, yeah. So what I was going to originally say was incorrect. I thought, yeah. Ooh, she just ripped that head off that rooster. That's how you do it. I thought you just broke the neck. I didn't think you, like, ripped <laughs> well, it off. I don't the head off with your bare hands. Are these, uh, is this where Mel Gibson is? Yes. And uh, that French guy you like. <laughs> I'm here to kill British. He's <laughs> stupid. And they burned them alive. <laughs> there has to be a better way to do that, man. Foodie scene. <laughs> Foodie 10 seconds. Exactly. No, no talking, just like a quick, <laughs> quick 10 second thing. Joey would about. love that. Yeah. All right. We love to do the award show thing. I'm going to go through this cast. Not going to go through everyone, obviously. But our lead, Jude, Jude Law. Oscars. Yeah. He's been how nominated. Ma- He's never won. Okay. How many nominations? Uh, Were you making the sound of that horse? <laughs> yes. Um. Hmm. One. Two. Huh. Oh, is this? Him? Wait, this is our man. Yep. I didn't realize this is his introduction. Well. It's fitting that he'll join the screen because the only two films Jude Law's been nominated for Oscars for are films that Philip Zimmer Hoffman's been in. Oh. It's Ripley and this. Isn't that crazy? You don't oh, think of wow. Jude Law and Philip Zimmer Hoffman being such a, uh, you know, tandem together like this because Hoffman wasn't a household name yet, but. He clearly elevated him, or I'm not going to say Jude Law only got those nominations because of Philip Seymour Hoffman, but there is something to say that both times it's because of epic scenes like this with Philip Seymour Hoffman. I love this is I love his hair in this movie. Yeah, because it's most most of the movie it's not like that, and we'll see why. Yeah, but I mean they play well against each other. Now, of course, when they had scenes in Ripley, they were as, like, old chums, and it was the perfect inciting incident to the film to just, like, piss off Matt Damon and make him jealous. Here, they don't know each other at all, but they're kind of, uh, you know, forming this little tension, you know, this circle of tension here. Yeah, if I, you know, and this is just, like, a scene that's showing that, like, Jude Law is like a good guy because he's on the run. He should not be dealing with any of this. No. <laughs> yeah, that looks like uh, 
with the town and the palm trees like they're in uh Charleston, right? Charleston, yeah. Jeez, my dog and this crush on Jude Law. It's it's, it's amazing. Yeah, He'll come he back on walk- screen. Exactly. He walks away and Henry starts barking. All right. Nicole Kidman. Oscars. She's won one. Yes, that is correct. And she's been nominated... Twice. Now we're count- we're counting if you won, you've been nominated. Just Okay, and so she's been nominated twice. She's been nominated four times. Jeez. He'll come back, Henry. So can you name the films? This? This is not one of them. Uh, I know she won for what, the hours? That is correct. So just to clarify, she is three best actress and one best supporting actress. I would never have guessed most of these films. Or had shut? No. Uh, I would never have guessed the others. So I'll just say. Uh, okay. Moulin Rouge is one, which I'm kind of surprised. Uh-huh. Rabbit Hole. I don't even know what that is. Don't know what that is. And Lion in 2017. Oh, yeah. I don't know what that one is. Uh, animal movies. Oh, oh yeah. Now they click like, the poster. I didn't realize she was even in that movie. That's the one with like, I don't want to be racist. Is Death Patel? <laughs> yes. Okay. You're not I, racist. I, like, I don't know. There's not like many Indian actors out there. So I want to be like. Oh, have you ever seen Bollywood movies? There's a lot of Indian actors. There's more I'm Indian sorry. actors than American actors, probably. Okay. I'm, you know what I mean? <laughs> yes. In American cinema. Who have cracked into mainstream American cinema. Exactly. God, what a house. Isn't there like a... What happens here? Something happens here. Nothing. Just He just walks through the fields for the rest of the movie. <laughs> Oh, he sees the slaves. Yeah. It's the family. All right, Zellweger. She's... I know definitely one lead actress. Yes, because we talked about it. (laughs) Uh, Supporting actress, yes? Yes, she has that on her ledger. But are you saying one or or nominated? Saying one. Yes, she's won one supporting actress and one best actress. Okay, but she's also well. She's been nominated four times. Okay, I was yeah. She had like a she was nominated three years in a row and didn't get nominated since this last one with Judy. What a comeback! Wow. Can't name him. Um, Jerry Maguire? No. You've said... You've said the name of it. Two of the three. I thought you said she's... There's four. There's four. So sorry. But you know one already. It's Judy. I'm saying the ones left. And then I've said two of the three. 
You've said it out loud, yes. Oh. Um, Bridget Jones? Bridget Jones, she was nominated her first nomination. Really? Yes. Interesting, right? <laughs> like, are those good movies? We always think, like, now, oh, Black Panther got nominated, or Robert Downey Jr. got nominated for, uh, here's our main man, Hoffman, again. And this is The Swamp from The Patriot. Or, yeah, or Robert Downey Jr. got nominated for Tropic Thunder. That would never have happened back in the day. This stuff happened all the time, where people got nominated for comedies and stuff. Yeah. They have really good chemistry, Jude Law and Phillips and Rockman. So, give up? Uh, yeah. Chicago, she was nominated Best Actress. Oh, okay. Yeah. And she won for Cold Mountain, Best Supporting Actress. I didn't realize that. I thought I remembered that. Jenna Malone here from The Hunger Games. Do Hoffman and Jenna Malone share a screen? Scene? Screen? Well, you know what I mean. Maybe late, maybe in the last one, or uh, or second. To, I don't know. <laughs> they cut off my hair. I always wonder, like, if they mention, like, you know, he's on the Hoffman's Hoffman set. He's on the uh, Hunger Games set or the Hunger Games, uh, you know, maybe like a red carpet, and he's like, "Hey, Jenna, do you remember uh, when we were in a boat, boat in, uh, yeah. Yeah, in uh, the Virginia or South Carolina swamps?" For like those three days, which you'd love. <laughs> I mean, just think about her at this moment, like getting to be. I mean, you know, I know that. I mean, you know, Jude Law is definitely established at this point. Philip Seymour Hoffman is. I I think in the acting community, he's established. I don't think in like he. I don't think he's a household. No, yeah, he does, yeah he's established in the act, but just so like, what a moment for Jenna Malone. Yeah. Why did they just start shooting at that? Like, you, you know, oh, oh, his butt. You saw his butt. <laughs> I mean, he probably looks like a deserter. Jenna Malone, of course. Stepmom, one of your favorite movies. Stepmom? Sorry? What's that? Stepmom, did you say? Yeah. What's that? One of your oh, movies. Julia Roberts. <laughs> I was like, are you serious? <laughs> oh, she's the daughter. Yeah. Oh, you love you dude, love that Julia seen, Roberts run. I haven't seen but that But you love movie. that run. Don't pretend you don't. I haven't seen that movie in definitely in full <laughs> since whatever year. What year did that come out? 99? 98. 98? There you go. They filmed a scene at uh, right by right right down the road from uh, you, uh, where you grew up at the, the old seventy six house. Oh, you know all this trivia, and you don't know a stepmom. That was a big thing that they that the. I also know that. Um, um, oh God, why am I having such a bad memory right now? Uh, Nicholas Cage, the his like it's a wonderful life. Oh, Family Man? Mike Rivera's favorite Christmas movie of all time. <laughs> he said that this Christmas. Really? Yes. Um, that would be. Not that I it's know, bad. They they filmed, I mean, they filmed a bunch, like, near where we grew up, but they, specifically, 
there's an outdoor scene where he's like I think when he takes his dog out and it's like snowing out and he's looking up at the sky uh, they filmed that in Closter like I don't know how to describe but just nearby gotcha my house so I just know those things because I was always cool growing up like oh my god they filmed a real like a like a, a movie here conspiracy theory ruins the three year I mean look you can expand the run of Julia Roberts really long but the three year run I must identify conspiracy theory ruins not because it's a bad movie I don't remember <laughs> but never even heard of it it's uh it's her and Mel Gibson in their chase conspiracy theories Julia Roberts yeah. so there you go the point is from 97 to 2000 she does my best friend's wedding conspiracy theory stepmom Notting Hill runaway bride and Aaron Brockovich yeah it's a pretty pretty strong run and you're not even counting some of her best films in that and that's still an amazing run yeah hook hook the player mystic pizza sleeping with the enemy uh, what's this other the least, pelican brief i love trouble that friends episode steel magnolias all right let's keep this going let's keep this going next actor well, well, obviously, I know all Philip Seymour Hoffman. So no, I'm not going to do Philip Seymour Hoffman. Come on. <laughs> I'm also Donald gonna... Sutherland. I'll, I'll get to him. I'll get to him. I'm not going to do okay. everyone, obviously. Um, I'm trying to find some fun ones. I mean, Brendan Gleeson's a great actor. I don't think he's been nominated for an Oscar. Yeah, I don't don't think so. Harry Potter. (laughs) Well, we should do at least people who've won Oscar, so even though we don't even remember where she is in this film, let's do Natalie Portman. Um, She's won once. Correct. Nominated three times? Yes, one supporting actress, two best actress. Sorry, is this some? Well, it's a Hoffman scene. It's okay. You're excused. Exactly. Drinking in his burlap pants or whatever they are. <laughs> What's your time code on the movie? Um. 106. Alright, so only a full movie's length left. Exactly. Oh, God. But it's not bad. It's good. This is a big, like, when you look up Hoffman images from this movie, him with the saw. Yeah. We could do a lot with the saw. I always liked that. Cut down a tree, play music with it. <laughs> <laughs> so she was nominated she won for Black Swan Natalie yeah. Portman she was nominated for Closer and Jackie ah okay 
Is this Giovanni Ribisi? Yes, it is. I forgot. I didn't even name him in, when I was looking at like who was in this movie. It's crazy. What a cast, huh? Speaking of Saving Private Ryan. And friends. <laughs> I don't think he's been nominated for anything. The Boiler Room. Ethan Suppley. Poor Ethan Suppley in this film. This is a big uh, photo of Hoffman as well that you see a lot of him drinking the milk with the saw. If it's milk, I don't know. Ray Winstone is 63 years old. I thought he was older, honestly. Could you... Could you take him in a fight? Ugh. <laughs> I'm right there with Phil Hoffman. But you're a foodie man. Could you take? Could, could you take? Not Hoffman. We'll excuse him. You think you could take Jude Law in a fight? Uh, I don't know. He's wiry, but he seems a kind of a pretty boy. Yeah, but he's usually pretty fit. Yeah, he's wiry. (laughs) (laughs) I forgot he has this little uh, problem in this film. Oh, and then doesn't, yeah. Like a dream right oh, here, that's that's what's her name? Who? The w- one in blue isn't. Wait, I need to see her face. This seems like this kind of film that, like, they were throwing around Hollywood and that every actor wanted to be in, you know? I, yeah, I guess so, yeah. Because everyone's taking these really small parts. Not really small. They seem like you can have fun with them. Ooh, ooh. <laughs> You're a man of the cloth. The movie has an aspect ratio of 60 to 1. It says, I don't understand what that means, which means for every one minute that appears on screen, there were 60 minutes of footage. Oh. That seems like a lot. That's crazy. Seems like a lot, huh? Oh, so the one when he said my wife, the one in blue or whatever. Oh. I thought it was. um, Oh, boy. Hoffman Crotch. (laughs) <laughs> Hoffman gets a gets like a lot more action in the movies than we think he does.
Ugh. In one of like kind of the uh, um, weird things about this movie, mm-hmm. Jude Law is so prominent. Tom Cruise was actually uh, the favorite for the role and was going to take it until he realized his ex-wife was the favorite for the lead there. <laughs> and he backed out and Jude Law, Jude Law uh, took over. This was a, ooh, Jesus Christ. With the boy watching, could you do it? (laughs) Shut up. (laughs) I don't know. Something about this environment is not, you know, something's going to go awry. Yeah. Someone wants to be a cuckold. (laughs) So... Even though we're not releasing really Jude's law, Jude Law's body right here, <laughs> this is was known as a really grueling. Ooh, the double cross. This was known as a really, really grueling uh, shoot, as you can imagine. This is the era of just whoa, <laughs> debauchery, debauchery. This is the era of. How can I put it? Where directors kind of had like a heavy hand and basically you just had to do what the director said in these epic, epic movies. I'm not Mm. accusing the director of anything like sinister, but for example, after he arrived in Romania, Jude Law was asked to put on over 20 pounds of muscle. Wow. And this is Romania, you know, this is not like planet fitnesses yeah the end. You, the, you, you have to end up doing like rocky fortune <laughs> yeah exactly and nicole kidman was just asked to lose as little weight as possible so, sorry sorry as much weight as possible she had to be as little you know what i mean which yeah. is ridiculous because i don't know why i guess oh to show she was starving but there's other ways you could show that but she actually had a diet according to uh imdb of one egg for breakfast and two eggs for dinner and that's it and it was not very healthy for her. I can't imagine, yeah. I like eggs, but I'd probably eat like a dozen. Or you just yeah, you just need more than that. You need I don't know. I hope she was taking some vitamins as well. Hope so. Ends up being like a movie about, you know, strong women. Yeah, for sure. And I think that's why Renee Zellweger wins. She kind of takes this, like, princessy Nicole Kidman character and shows her how to be rough and tumble and take things on your own. Look at that poor cottage. Gross. I would never live there. <laughs> it's, like a, it's, like, amazing. Um... So they originally had a budget of a of forty million dollars to shoot this entire movie, uh-huh. which I know different times. So do the math, but the budget and um, expanded to a hundred twenty million dollars. What the fuck? That's crazy. And, and they filmed in cheap Romania. What the fuck? No, no. And then 
once it got to that level, MGM backed out. So it was only um, Harvey Weinstein financing it. So the budget had to be lowered to $80 million. And that's why they did a lot of the Romania decisions. Huh. But that's what I mean. Like, I think this director, he comes off Ripley, I'm sure some other stuff. And he was like, no, I'm doing things my way. You know, this is going to be my masterpiece. Yeah. So the real Cold Mountain is located actually close to where we were when, uh, when we, you and I on my bachelor party, when we, uh, and other people, obviously it was just you and me, <laughs> but when we went to the waterfall in that area, uh huh, that's like the area where it really is. Oh, cool. Would have just played that soundtrack the whole time. <laughs> Oh, is this, uh, yes, the Northern Soldiers. This was a 22-week shoot in Romania. It's a long time in Romania. (laughs) It's crazy. Run, fellas, run. I'm rooting for the Union, though. Well, I gotta root for Hoffman, too. I don't know. Uh, He'll come back. I mean, he'll be okay. Don't worry. Battle scenes. He'll make it. You too, Elwood. Have you ever made a scarecrow? I have not. Neither have I. Think think we'd be good at it. Where was I where they made a scarecrow for someone? I was like, oh, like this Christmas. <laughs> I was like, wait, what? So overall, Kidman, Zellweger, Hoffman, Portman, all Oscar winners. Mm. Jude Law nominee. Donald Sutherland nominee, right? Uh, I think so. Ordinary people. I would. I imagine so. All the guys he was chained to died. If that is indeed the case, and this is like one of those just epic movies where love conquers all. Hoffman. No. Uh, so how long is he in the movie for? I wish we we timed it. Like, Half hour, actually, you think? Actually, uh, what's that? Half hour, you think? 
Like from when he first arrives to when yeah is to no now. Longer. Yeah, that's got to be 20, 25 minutes. You see how this is a book, though, you know? Like, you can see how these yeah. chapters are. Inman drags down the hill. You have that subtitle that says that? No. Oh, I was like, what? Seen like in the book. <laughs> oh, okay. She wants to move us to Miami. (laughs) (laughs) There's not a lot of good trivia on IMDb trivia, believe it or not. Yeah. Uh, a lot of it's like these actors were in this movie with each other, which is fun, but it's also like there's so many actors in this, and Hollywood's a very insular place. It's also not surprising. Yeah, I wish it was more, you know, like, yes. I mean, you know, sometimes it's like good filmmaking stuff. I mean, can, can anyone enter IMGb trivia? Is it like Wikipedia in that way? Yes and no. Oh, no. You can try, but, like, I think you can get rejected. If you're like, oh. Like, you need to have a source. Oh. I guess you're still a little ahead of me. I'll pause it for a quick second. And start up again. So there's a little bit of a, you know, there's been some buzz that Jude Law could get three Golden Globe nominations this year. What? Because there wasn't a lot of stuff, apparently. Uh Uh-huh. Let's see. Uh, That was this year, The New Pope. He was in a movie called The Third Day. Oh, that's like a COVID movie? Stupid. I don't know. This is a boring article. <laughs> we'll see, I guess. I'm I not forgot, ready for it. I forgot about this part of the movie. It's brutal. It's brutal. It's fucked up. What a cool goat. <laughs> yeah, okay, we're on the same queue <laughs> <you> again. <laughs> Oh, and then this is, uh, wait, is this Natalie Portman? It might be. I don't know. She's living in the woods alone with her baby, right? That checks out, but I don't remember. No, no, oh, F, wait. F this, by the way. I don't know. Um, we kind of talked about, we kind of talked about, um, this freaking blog that came out by Jonah Kolfoski on a website called thespool.net called PS I love you and it's about Philip Seymour PSH I love you sorry and it's about Philip Seymour Hoffman 
uh, movies. Do you remember us talking about this? And we're like, yes. you stole our title, asshole. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, I remember reading the Cold Mountain thing, and I just pulled it up again. And I remember remember he was like trashing Cold Mountain. Oh, fuck him. Go fuck him for stealing our thing. Ugh, ugh, bloody hands. Look, most of the criticism is stuff that I think we don't really count. Um, Such as? Harvey Weinstein's the producer. All right, but yeah. Just because, okay. like, we could like this movie and not support Harvey Weinstein. Yeah, exactly. There she is, Natalie Portman. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> no, so that she's later on somewhere with like, <laughs> yeah, because he stops, and you think like, oh, maybe he's gonna end up staying here, making a life for himself, because her husband like is out there and never came back. This I'm just totally making up stuff right now. No, this is Rambo. The other big criticism is, oh, it doesn't focus on the black stories and stuff like that about white people in the Civil War. I get all of it, and I am the first person to, you know, try to beat the drum for this kind of stuff. However, look, but this is not, that's not what was happening in this era, you know? We judge things for what they are and in the era they were made. Yeah, well, that's also, I remember when um, Clint Eastwood had those two movies back-to-back, Flags of Our Fathers and Letters from Iwo Jima. I think, like, even, like, Spike Lee was, like, oh, you know, this enough is enough. Like, he made a, a war movie, and there's no, you know, no black men in it. It's, like, the, the, it was, it was segregated back then. Yeah, that's not like, something that's good, and Spike Lee made a couple war movies after that, and I'm happy he did, because we need more of those stories. Yeah. That doesn't mean ignore the other stories. What I don't like about this guy, and I'm sorry that we're fanboys, Phil Hoffman, he like he'll like trash Hoffman in certain movies. Sorry, the guy for um the spool.net. Look, look at this quote, and this is gonna piss you off. Hoffman manages to tr- sorry. Let me start. When we first meet Vessi, he's truly pathetic and reprehensible, but Hoffman manages to turn him into comic relief by the time him and I- Iman are Iman Inman? Einman? In my, okay, whatever. Are clowning around the woods. Cold Mountain doesn't redeem the preacher entirely, probably for the best, but I can't say I was too impressed with Hoffman's work here. As in the Ides of March, the actor blinds into his surroundings instead of standing out. Hoffman's asked to play a few different notes, but none that make any impression. This guy's a jerk-off. Yeah, fuck him. <laughs> Ides wait, of March? Wait, so- He's awesome in the Ides of March. But wait, was he comp- was he saying he's not like like a similar similar role but he does like but it's but he does better in Ides of March than this? No, he was saying just like Ides of March he kind of just blends in the background and is blah. Oh. No. <laughs> no, I thought he was just I don't know. I thought he was like comparing the roles and saying that but, like, you know, he was good in that, but not good in this. But it's like... No. He's uh... saying... Before too long, Cold Mountain leaves PSH behind as the tedious narrative 
trudges onward. I get all that. These epics are not for everyone. I totally get that. I like small, intimate stories, too. But I also kind of like these epics sometimes. I think there's room for both in Hollywood. The only standout happens when Imam stumbles on a lonely widow and her son. Inman. 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 (laughs) And her son. Which is Natalie Portman. Yeah. No, there's also Renee Zellweger and, and Ray Winstone is having the time of his life playing. He's chewing up the scenes. Well, this his argument is that it only got nominated because Weinstein like pressured people into the nominations. When you first started watching it, did you know it was a Harvey Weinstein film? No. No. Did that change your opinion? I mean, maybe it changed your opinion. I don't know if it did or didn't, but are you like, oh, Renee Zellweger is slightly worse now? No. No. And also, like, to compare, like, you know, the role of Philip Seymour Hoffman. Number one, it's like, it's earlier on. So he's just, I mean, as an actor, forever growing and just even getting that much better. But it's just like, I don't know, maybe, you know, since we watched them in chronological order, like, we didn't, you know, if you're watching it specifically for him, yeah, you are going to be like, wow, he really wasn't in this a lot. You know, and yeah, but I think he does great with the time he's in there. Exactly. Like if we if we did things like you, um, uh, I'm sorry. What it's called? What, what which character is it again in the uh, it, uh for high school slumber party that you, if you want more of him in it? Oh, oh, the uh, the award. Um, why am I forgetting? It's. It's it's because <laughs> it's not the show that we're on right now. It's uh, a yeah. Wooderson Award, Wooderson Award. It's the Wooderson, a, uh, you know Matthew McConaughey's character in uh, Days and Confused. Yes. So sure, if this was your other podcast, High School Slumber Party, and we were doing that, and you said Wooderson, I would say Philip Seymour Hoffman. You know, yeah, I would love more of his character. I think his character is very interesting. I would love. A road movie that is just like a lot more of him and Jude Law. That would be a cool movie. And getting back. So done. Uh, look at what I just sent you in the Discord. And don't get angry. Show your love for Phil Snerhoffman by putting his face on a shirt. So it's this uh, this other guy. His yeah, he's selling shirts with Hoffman's face, and that's him laughing as Brant. I think. Yeah. All right. Good for him. He's not a real fan. <laughs> Are you using that likeness and uh, giving the proceeds to the, his children and his family? No. Or just like um, mental health and. Drug, we, or drug abuse? Or? We, we don't do this for the money. We do this for the love of the game. I'm not saying I wouldn't take money. But I, I also... <laughs> I also I don't know. There's something like weird. We were discussing this the other day on our mid-month. There's something weird about uh, some of this Hoffman stuff they sell. I'll just put it that way. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Exactly. He's... Unfortunately, you know... He, he passed away. He's no longer with us. It, you know, it's just it's just a weird thing. 
So earlier, Brendan Gleeson was in the tent and, you know, and he plays the, the fiddle for, you know, what's his name from Tokyo Drift, right? I believe so. Did they, is this a guy that like, did those guys know him? I don't think so. I think when we see this, we're supposed to be like, oh, he made it, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, he escaped that the crater battle. He already got there. It's funny, like, if you think about distance-wise, he's in a hospital in Raleigh, and he's got to go to, like, the Asheville area, but which today is, like, I don't know how much of a drive. Let's see. <laughs> <laughs> the brother three-hour drive no that's what i would guess let's see three hours and 45 minutes okay but back then it's like oh nope let's well we could look what it is walking and again it's going to be longer walking because people are shooting at him there are no roads you know but 84 hours walking Hmm. I mean, I also think that uh, uh, Randy Zellweger, you know, was nominated and won for this role because she was very much like going up. She was going against type, right? Because look, the, the, the first. She's- She's nominated Bridget for Bridget... Bridget. Exactly. Yeah, the so. first Bridget Jones is before this. Before that, you have her in uh, Jerry Maguire and, like, just that whole you had me at, you know. So, yeah. Like, it was just... And she's good in those movies. But this, it was like, she's really good in this and she's going against type and it's an interesting character. So she got nominated and she ended up... I mean, who, who did she... If you, if you don't mind looking... Or I can look it up. Who'd she be? Uh, let's see. Let's see. This movie's very much about redemption. Again, I'm like, it's something that I talk about on my show, High School Slumber Party, and I talk about in a lot of places. We need. Voices. Hey, isn't that the bully from uh, Boy Meets World? (laughs) (laughs) No, I know. We need, um, again, more diverse voices. We need more women directors. I'm all for that. That doesn't necessarily mean you erase the stories of the past, though. We just need more diversity in those stories. So do you want to venture a guess on who she beat? You're not going to get it. It's very no, hard. No. Oh, well, what year is this movie? 2003? Yeah, it's 2004 Oscars. 2004 Oscars. I'm just trying to think of like what was... And Oscars I watched. Yeah, the, that Oscars... 
Give me like one movie just to give me like a little bit more of a time. One movie that was nominated in this category. Mm, if if it's easy enough for you to see what one like best what was best. Picture. Uh, I'll I'll give you well one best picture was Return of the King, so you're not. Uh, gonna... uh... I'll give you the movies that were nominated for Best Picture. Okay. Return of the King, Lost in Translation, Master and Commander, The Far Side of the World, mm. <laughs> Mystic River, and Sea Biscuit. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. Cause, so then Sean Penn and Tim Robbins won that year for yes. Mystic River. Um, so who else? Uh, yeah, you know, just like, just tell me who, yeah, I'm not going to be a horse. Shorey Adashlu, House of Sand and Fog. Okay. Patricia, Patricia Clarkson, one of my faves. Pieces of April. I don't remember that movie. Marsha Gay. Pieces of April. Oh, I think that's, that's a movie that I'll eventually cover. Um, oh, I forgot about this movie. That's with Katie Holmes, right? Yeah. It's a, th- it's a Thanksgiving movie. And and it's a food centric movie. How old is she? Is there is there a high schooler in it? And we could do a quadruple. Oh, I don't know. I think she was a little bit older than high school at this point. N- movie I never saw. Oh, here here we go with Natalie Portman. But it's, I'm sorry. But who are the other nominees? Uh, Marsha Gay Harden, Mystic River. Oh yeah. And Holly Hunter for Thirteen, a movie I'll probably cover. I don't think I've seen any of those movies except for Mystic River. And obviously, Thirteen's uh, actually a Catherine Hardwick film. Um, about like two girls who are thirteen. <laughs> Catherine Hardwick. Uh, sorry, I acted like you knew who that was. She directed the first Twilight film. Oh, okay. And she did a really, really good job. And then they replaced her by men for the rest of the series. So that's why the movies got better. No, they got worse because of that. <laughs> People are going to misquote you. No, like they didn't. That. Look, they didn't necessarily got worse. It was just. They had a much lower budget and lower expectations, and the movie did phenomenal, the first one. And the, and the studio was like, oh, so this is actually a property we should care about, and then they replaced her. <laughs> oh, God. <Studios laughs> fucking idiots. I think there's less and less of that happening today. Um, I watched... 30-something teen films of 2020 for my podcast. Mm -hmm. And um, at least a third of them were directed by women. It's still not like 50-50, like population-wise, but I guarantee that wasn't the case even five years ago, that a third of them were directed by women. No, but, yeah. Yeah, that's that's good. I know it's not easy, like... With this statement, I, I, I recognize, you know, other things, but, you know, I'm just always for whoever is going to do the best job and whoever, you know, and that that, that goes for directing, that goes for acting. Yeah, but I, and I'll counter that. I do not agree with that statement because making movies is not about doing the best job. Making movies is about telling different stories, and I think different people with different experiences tell different stories. Yeah, I agree, I agree with that. So those people with different experiences will do the best job. That's what I'm saying. Well, I think, yes. And I think what's happening, though, is what they're allowing is a lot of, uh, you know, 
yes, there, there's like the you, Wonder you get, Woman's. You have to go in. You have to pitch something. You want to tell something certain way. You got to pitch the story. And I mean, there's just not enough. I think also then like creative people on the other side that are like then listening to that. Yeah, no, and, and and at the end of the day, that's the major problem. Um, and as much as like oh, Wonder Woman and stuff like that, what really the needle needs to be moved? Uh, not so much these big epic films. They are very important to move the needle, but um, you know, let them do these also small creative projects as well. Like Thirteen, yeah. honestly, Thirteen was a film. I wasn't a big fan when I first saw it. I haven't seen it in a while, but that was a movie. Um, that was written by women, directed by women in 2003, and Catherine Hardwick gets a big franchise, Twilight, off of that. I to- By the way, I totally forgot, speaking of epics and stuff, I totally forgot that, what's her name on Wonder Woman? Patty Jenkins? Yeah, that she was originally the director of uh, the second Thor movie. Yeah, yeah, and Alan Taylor, she backed out, and Alan Taylor. She just yeah. actually said why. Yeah, she was on Mark Marin. I listened to that, then I read an article about it today that pretty much was rehashing what I, you know, uh, heard on the podcast. I mean, so what was the gist that you got? Um, that she went in and she heard what the studio, at, you know, because it seems like uh, Marvel is a bit more flexible now and you'll have directors come in and have a vision and they'll like you know i mean if if they like it they'll be flexible towards that but they just had a very for some reason specific vision for what they you know they had the screenplay they knew what they wanted to do with thor 2 and she read it and she's being polite but she's just like this isn't good but she was saying like i just know i wouldn't be able to turn this into something good and that as a female director and this would be like, you know, my first, even though, you know, she got really, uh, well, she didn't win Best Director, but Monster was a big film of hers. You know, Charlize Theron won Best Actress for it. So acclaim, you know, for that film. Guess when she um, won Best Actress for it. When she won Best a- or Director. No, when, when uh, Charlize Theron won Best Actress for Monster. Yeah. Oh, when? Oh, 2003. Same year as this film, yeah. So, sorry, continue. Okay, sorry, I was confused. (laughs) Uh, So, yeah, so her big thing was just, like, you have to be selective, and, you know, and still, but even when was Thor the Dark World, like, 2013 or something like that, like, you have to be selective with the content because female directors, and it's it's statistics, it's, it's there for people to see it, that if they make a blockbuster and it doesn't do that well, like they don't get second chances versus you see male directors getting multiple chances. Yeah. Yeah. No. And and that's the gist I got as well. I didn't hear the interview. So that's why I wanted to, I just read the article. So, so I kind of wanted to get your take on that. And she's probably not wrong on that. Um, Hey, it worked out well for her. Right. (laughs) So Yeah. Also, I mean, like I, I get, I get like, I mean, that's gotta be a tough, decision to make because like an opportunity like you know know, just 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 to say no to any studio saying to you you want to make a movie like wow like you know you're a director you're a storyteller you want to do that that's your job that's your dream but like also at the same time like 
you know, good for her that she knew that as that aspect of it, but also if she read it and she was just like, even if she was, if she was a guy, like you shouldn't go and make that movie if you're like, oh, this isn't good, and they want to make something that I'm not interested in making. That's that's why you get an Alan Taylor who's a TV director who's more used to just following the rules. Not, yeah, not following, to be a dick, following, but you know following, what I mean. No, following a formula, and they also picked him because so he did a lot of Game of Thrones, and so he was used to at that point, like the um, what was that? What we thought was a big battle in the second season. Oh. uh castle black castle black like we thought that was like such an epic battle (laughs) uh but you know but point being he was doing the biggest show like of all time at that point and it's a period piece and there's costumes and yeah and and he knew how to fit into the world of that so exactly so like he did make sense besides you know also yeah like what you were saying you know when you're in tv you don't have as much you know, you have to really... And yes, you're like the dude from Breaking Bad or like Brian Fuller, you know, like, you know, yeah. or uh, what's the dude from like Glee who does like American Horror Story. Then you just do whatever that. Oh, you Ryan want. something, right? Ryan Murphy. Yeah. Are you there, Kyle? Well, I don't know how this recording's going to go, but... Uh, Kyle, you've cut out on your end. I hope you're still there. If you can hear me, I'm here. I'm, I'm here. Okay, okay, yeah. No, you weren't. I was watching the Discord, and it wasn't coming through till you just said that. Uh, okay, but it doesn't matter. You guys don't care at home. You're just watching Cold Mountain with us. <laughs> Hopefully, <laughs> I just wanted to make sure you weren't gone for good. I'd have to finish the movie myself. Oh, we've lost still- Hoffman. Oh, I forgot still- about Jack White here. Yeah, young Jack White. So he uh, and Renee Zellweger ended up dating after meeting on the set. Oh, interesting. So, Anthony Minghella, Minghella, I don't know how it's pronounced. Minghella. He died way too young. He died at 54 in 2008. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you looked at this yet today, but can you name his... Uh... I don't expect you to name all his films. Can you name his big films? No, I I, I mean, you know, from when we watched this and then the even... When we, no, Ripley. The, yeah, the last, the last time we watched Ripley, like, I remember looking it up, but I, I don't know. Um, well, there's, there's one, a, there's one more one big, big one. Yeah, He's got exactly. a big three, really. Yeah, so this, we, this is a very ridiculed film, though. Mm, English patient, yes, the English patient, and I think that's why this gets a little bit of shit. Like he clearly like likes romantic yeah. love epic. Yeah, he clearly likes the big romantic love epic based on a novel, because <laughs> that's that's what he has. I guess Ripley's the most unique of the three, but it's still it's not really a romantic love epic, but it's still a huge epic based on a novel. It's it's, a, it's got love like sexual like components. Yeah. Poor Sally. Are they in love? 
that they banged. Damn Yankees. What's your favorite Damn Yankees song? <laughs> Can you name one Damn Yankees song? I'm talking about the band, not the musical. <laughs> uh, Can you take me high enough? Yeah, that's the only one I know. So, Or maybe just high enough, probably. Did you know Damn Yankees was a rock supergroup? Oh, really? Yes, it's. I didn't know this. I just clicked it on Wikipedia. I had no idea. Tommy Shaw of Styx, who's like the lead guitarist of Styx. Jack Blades, who you and I probably wouldn't know, except that he's the guy from Night Ranger, which we were just talking about oh, wow. the other day. And Ted Nugent. Wow. Isn't that crazy? That's crazy. <laughs> Supergroups are crazy. Yeah. Especially supergroups are like... That you didn't even know were a supergroup? Yeah. So what's your favorite song from the musical, Damn Yankees? <laughs> it has oh, to be Kill- Killian Murphy. Oh, I forgot he's in this too. Jesus Christ. Or Cillian or whatever. Sicilian Murphy. Yeah. And yeah, it has to be You Gotta Have Heart. Ooh, I didn't read this in the IMDb trivia. Oh, wait, I'm on the wrong movie. I'm like, wait a minute, what? No, (laughs) never mind. Apparently Daniel Day-Lewis, though, was someone who they thought could be in the Jude Law role. But it never got there. Ooh. That makes it like less sexy but more epic, if that makes sense. Yeah. I think there was definitely a component here of sexy that they were trying to do. Yeah, they have, I mean, yeah, Tom Cruise, Nicole Kidman, but then Jude Law, like, yeah. <laughs> and Renee Zellweger is the ugly lady. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so ugly. Nice. Ooh. See, the union's bad. But <laughs> <laughs> oh, doesn't she shoot him? I think or, so. No, maybe. No, no. Well, that sounded right, but maybe. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, yeah, I think she might still. She puts the baby down and, like, he lets him go, kind of start going away and she shoots him. I don't know. Spoiler alert.
Look at that memory. He seems a bit cheated. I'm not sure why. <laughs> so did you know, Kyle, that... Uh, I didn't know this, actually. I should have. That Do you know who uh, Anthony Mangella's son is? Uh, he's, actually an a- he's actually an actor. Um, the thing I know him most from, he's in The Social Network. But you would want to know characters, but Social Network... But he is in a film we covered for our podcast. He shared the screen with Philip Seymour Hoffman. He's actually in The Ides of March. He's like the guy who takes over. He's like the young guy who takes over for uh, Gosling after he gets fired. Yeah, the one that he's got in he with the Winkle in Social Network. He, yes, yes, he's with the Winkle 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 yeah. yeah, so that's actually uh, the director here, his son. Oh, wow. Isn't that crazy? It's crazy. So I have to imagine that, you know, him and Phil Smear Hoffman, like, talked on the set of Eyes of March. Yeah, like, oh, I, uh, I worked with your dad, you know. <laughs> I, you know, I, I would have come to the funeral, but. But, uh, come on. <laughs> Didn't this win, like, best song, too? <laughs> Maybe. Let's see. Score it won. Okay. No, nominated for score it didn't win. So it's the only win, Renee Zelliger? Correct. Which I remember they were Not quite like disappointed. No. No costumes. They were quite disappointed that they thought this was going to sweep Oscars. But hey, so guy who writes for P.S. I Love You, Phil Hoffman thing. Harvey Weinstein didn't push everyone into winning Oscars here. It didn't. It only won one. Yeah, I think it was well deserved. You you can make an argument for some some of those other people, but I think if you watched all their performances, Renee Zellweger was the best. Again, if you. Accuse anything I just said of me defending Harvey Weinstein, you're an idiot, okay? Yeah. No, of course. He's a monster. Where are we in the movie? I remember this being like close to the end, but I don't think. No, there's still like other. Because like... <laughs> this is. He, he steps away, he vomits, and then the people come up. Yep. And then they shoot Ethan Supley. He's so creepy looking, Charlie Hunnam. Keenum. 
A lot of creepy looks in this movie. I always like, not always, but maybe it was this movie because I definitely didn't know Ray Winstone's name and Brennan Gleason's name when no. first seeing this movie. But there are two people that I always confuse for a while. Oh, I could see that definitely. He's had a cool career, Brendan Gleeson. Yeah. Lake Placid. His, his son is Hux. Isn't that his name in Star Wars? Uh, yeah. I always forget his name. That his real name? No, no, no. His name in Star Wars. Domin Hall that... Gleeson is his real name. Yeah. Uh, simple mind. <laughs> I'm just watching and like again, I like this movie, I actually do. But I could totally see where uh, you could have cut a half hour out of it and it'd been okay. Yeah. There's just so many, like... It's it's an epic because there's so many, like, separate stories. Obviously, the two biggest, you know, the two separate stories are Jude Law's and Nicole Kidman's. But then you get so many of these other characters but it's like a movie if you told me oh a movie is about you know you've got this that the soldier boyfriend is away from home and then the movie is just like nicole kidman and the stuff that happens to her or if you you know you've got a movie about a soldier just trying to get back home (laughs) for sure I'm just listening to their beautiful serenade right now. Good Appalachian music. Woohoo. So stupid. I'm just reading some like Colton Allen facts. People are dissing the historical accuracy. Yeah, you know what? I'm not, like, watching this and then spewing historical facts to people. (laughs) This was a civil war, remember? Uh, Okay, so I will put this as a knock on the film. And this one makes sense. And this one, if you're going to say, okay, you know, this isn't something they could have easily done and should have done. Oh, Mm. Oh, sorry, you're reacting to what's on screen. Mm. 
most of the people who died in the Battle of the Crater were black troops, and we didn't really see that there. Oh, uh, wait, uh, and black troops for the north. Because yeah. there were black, you know, obviously. Well, I guess they were showing more of the south, but like, you know, I think that would have been even more epic of a scene. So that's a weird thing not to include. But that most historians is... say that that's like the best and the most accurate part of the movie, except for that. I wonder, I mean, it's still like, you know, make make, make it happen. But like, since that was that, since I was filmed in Romania. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't, you know. That could be a reason. Today, you would easily just, like, CGI costs less now. You would easily solve that with CGI. Which stinks, because you're not giving black actors the role, but you know what I mean. Yeah. They would, that's what they would do. I'm not saying I would do that. That's a great line. Yeah. This is the Oscar clip. One of them. For sure. (laughs) Is that the cold mountain? I guess so. That's, That's amazing that that's like an actual shot and not like a... Because that's on the poster and it looks like a painting. It seems cold, though. You're right. Mm -hmm. It's like it feels like we're nearing the end, but I know that there's still like at least a half hour more. (laughs) Because like... Oh, this is when they about see... This is when they see one another. And he ends up with Renee Zellweger. Who? Ethan Subway. Oh. No, I'm joking. I'm just making stuff up. <laughs> Most historians do say that they didn't accurately dis- depict slavery. I think that would change today. That's for sure. If the movie was made today, who didn't accurately this film? this film this film yeah. But there's not much slavery scenes. But they also acted like there was no slaves there. Is what they're saying. Oh, okay. And we didn't really pay attention, but there's like a lot of uh, you don't get a lot of people's opinions on the matter. And when it, <laughs> it's, it's sorry, but again, this isn't supposed to be a historically accurate movie. Mm-hmm.
Oh, so reading more about the battle of the crater, which again, I kind of wish they focused a little bit more on because <laughs> it's so cool. Yeah. Appar- apparently, the white troops did go in first, even though the black troops were more prepared and, you know, just probably the better option there. But one of the biggest reasons they didn't do it, they didn't want them to, you know, kind of be slaughtered and that would look bad. But since the white troops got, like, their asses kicked and they <laughs> they sent the black troops in anyway. I don't mean to laugh. I'm, I'm laughing like typical. And then they both got slaughtered. So lose-lose for everyone. Yeah. Except the Confederates that day. That's a cool beard. Yeah. Ada Mamro. He made it. So it's over, right? Yeah. <laughs> One of the biggest <laughs> criticisms I'm reading, yeah, it is just how good she, um, how good Nicole Kidman works. I mean, looks after all like the hard work and labor and strife and struggling of the Civil War, she still looks perfect. <laughs> and that's that'll show you right there. This is not historically accurate. This is supposed to be like hot people getting together. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like she shouldn't be like she's got nice like rosy cheeks there. <laughs> like Even he doesn't more... look that bad, honestly. His eyes look like tired, but he like he still looks like a very handsome man. There, he doesn't look like gangly and crappy, and you know. Yeah, she looked worse earlier, like after her dad died. And I, I think they want this scene to be like this big epic love scene, and they want them to look as best as possible given the circumstances. Mm-hmm. She gets mad. Yeah. <laughs> Just because I don't remember when it ends and I want to time it out, uh, you know, our goodbyes and stuff. Mm-hmm. Can you, because my remote's dead, can you see what our time code is? Sure. Um, we are at 2.06 and still have uh, 27 minutes to go. I think it's a little less because these have to be long credits. You know, I looked it up before That's uh, and it's like just over four minute credits. Gotcha, gotcha.
Where did uh, Jack White go? I don't know. I don't remember. Again, I always, first time I saw it, almost every time, not now, because I remember from when we talked about it, but every time I had seen this movie... Mm-hmm. I always thought that it just ends when, like, you know, they not necessarily reunited. I forgot how long they just spend time together, you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, they, yeah, they have to have sex so that, spoiler, she gets pregnant. The sex scene, and we'll get to it soon, uh, took two days to shoot. Really? Ep- yep, that's what it says. Epic sex scene. Wow. Have you ever uh, trimmed your beard this way? With Renee Selwiger? No, I have not. <laughs> also, like, why? Like, that's this, this is like that scene is because you want it to be two beautiful people that are about to have a sex scene together, not like a bearded guy. Cause well, the only other thing I can think of is like, he doesn't trust her and she has the knife at the jugular. And that's like part of the reason too. But yeah, I think it's part of it. <laughs> no, no, no. But I'm saying like, why in a million years you're in the fucking cold? Why would you shave your beard? Cause he wants to look good. Jude Law had a run. Yeah. I guess he said he did some bad things. So he has six kids. Wow. Um, let's see. Gattaca. <laughs> AI. <laughs> Jigolo Joe. He's in one of your favorite films, Road to Perdition. Yeah, that's like the movie that made me like him. And one of your least favorite films, Sky Captain and the World of Tomorrow. <laughs> I forgot he was on Sherlock Holmes. That's yeah, a forgotten. That's a forgotten like series. I know supposedly they're going to make a third one. Oh, really? Yeah. I mean, he's still doing his thing. He still does, like, at least a couple movies a year. I always forget that he's in Captain Marvel. Yeah, Captain Marvel, yeah. He was Dumbledore in the Fantastic Beast movies. I don't know if he still is, because they changed, like, half the cast. Yeah, he's still going to be, because now it's uh, Mr. Mads taking over for Johnny Depp. And someone else took over for something. Oh, okay. Uh, Let me see who... Every day I was waiting, longing, 
No, Jessica just... Williams is in those movies? I didn't know that. One of your favorites in the film, Dan Folger. Or Folger. Fogler. Fogler. Fogler, that's what it is, right? Yeah, that's his name. Sorry. I wasn't even looking at the cast anymore. I just forgot about him. Dan Fogler. Yeah, what's that ridiculous ping pong movie? Pulse of Fury. <laughs> <laughs> It's so it's so silly, but I look I haven't seen it in a while. It's funny. I remember I laughed a lot. It's a stupid movie. It's a stupid movie. Like it falls into you know what it reminded me a lot of? It reminded me of because they I mean they are like of around the same time, like what the uh Broken Lizard guys are doing. Yeah, yeah. Um it's not that it was actually it's like not from Broken Lizard, but it's like the Reno nine one one people. Yes. Or like one of those, like they did that movie. Yeah, because I remember at least Thomas Lennon is in it. It's funny. Oh, yeah. He's great, Thomas Lennon. Oh, so funny. So good and I love you, man. <laughs> like, there was a couple troops at the time, because there's, like, the Broken Lizard people. There's like that troop, and then there's like a like David Wayne and yeah, the David Wayne people. Which which one is a well? I guess they're like they they kind of combine, right? Because Wet Hot American Summer has a lot of people from that comedy troupe as well. Which one? Broken Lizard, uh, the Reno Nine One One one. Oh. Uh, it only has, wait, what in what? No, I guess, no, I guess not. I guess not. No, yeah, they don't. But what's his name is in, um, no, he's still alive, Henry. (laughs) He's still alive. Don't worry. They gotta get married. They gotta have babies. So there was this, there was a sketch comedy, The State. And, like, uh, Thomas Lennon is in that show. And so is Robert Ben Garrett, who is the director of Balls of Fury. But also uh, Michael Ian Black, you know, they're all on that as well. Yeah. Ken Marino, Joe Latruglio. So they're kind of related in that sense. Yeah, that makes sense. Maybe they broke up. Thomas Lennon and Joe, Joe Latruglio kind of... I know they've done so many different things, but like to like an someone in China, I bet they look the same, you know. <laughs> That's awesome. Oh y'all look alike. <laughs> no, I won't look away. I mean, they're both in I Love You, Man. Thomas Lennon and Joe Latruglia. Yeah. Wait. Epic love scene? That took two days? Where'd it go? Is it, does it not happen? 
Was oh, there another? Wait. No, oh, never okay, mind. okay, okay, okay. <laughs> I'm like, did we just imagine that? <laughs> Is there a different cut? Nope. Oh, gross! Ugly people doing it. Oh, her butt! Ooh, you see her butt? butt? Yeah. It doesn't look like there's a body double either. Well, no. Maybe she was in eyes wide shut. I know, I know, but just two days of this. (laughs) Yeah, that's like an afternoon. (laughs) Maybe the director was taking advantage of the pretty people. Maybe maybe Harvey Weinstein missed him and was like, I gotta get there the next day. Oh, God. I'm flying to Romania. I'm flying to Romania. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Have all the gypsies on set. I'm sorry. Have all the Romans on set. Roma. Whatever. Romas. Which are different from Romanians. How old do you think uh, Nicole Kidman was here? Uh, Okay, it's 2021. How old do I think she is now? So this movie is almost 20 years old. She's got to be... 30... What year is the movie? Four. This is 2003. 33? 34? I'm doing the math. I have to look it up first. I should have had it ready. Sorry. 36. Okay. I don't see her as like kind of my age though. I always see her, saw her as like older. Not in like a old lady way. I don't mean like that, but... Yeah, she just has some kind of... She has a, just a very, like, a, a mature look to her. Very, I mean, gorgeous, obviously, but, you know, just... Batman Forever. She's in it. What's that? What's the one? Is it the killing of a sacred deer? <laughs> no. Um, what's the Adam Sandler one that with Jennifer Aniston? The one where they're like, just go with it. Just go with it. Yeah, I wanted to say blended, but blended is the Africa one with Drew Barrymore. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, just go with it. Yeah, because that's the Brooklyn Decker. Yeah. And point being, Jennifer Aniston, like once they're in Hawaii. They see, and her, oh, and her name is Devlin because she tells her kids instead of saying like they gotta poop, they gotta make a Devlin. <laughs> and she, her husband is uh, Dave Matthews in the movie. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. He's also <laughs> he's also in uh, You Don't Mess with the Zohan. Yes. Um, and I think I love uh, uh, Chuck, Chuck and Larry. I think he's plays a little part. Maybe. I don't. I don't want to uh, miss this because before we were talking about um, Nicole Kidman and Jude Law being in movies together, and it was only that one. But there was that TV movie. Remember uh, Hemingway and Gellhorn? Yeah, with it, Clive Owen as Hemingway. Yeah. So, like, <laughs> I think I read once that that was that was supposed to be Jude Law at one point. I could be wrong. 
Clive Owen, Clive, kind of Clive re- Owen and Jude Law, they have like they're both you know they're both British. They both. I feel like he kind of replaced him, not replaced, but like not replaced because he's kind of also, but like they're inter- they're a little interchangeable. Like if you had Jude Law and Children of Men, I'd be like, ah, oh, okay, or you know, yeah, you know, or I Jude never Law really... and Sin City, they're just British and they have the or same, the Nick, you know, they have, like... this, they have the same jawline. <laughs> Nicole, who do you like better, Clive Owen or Jude Law? Clive Owen or Jude Law? No, oh, Renee Zellweger got shot. Neither? Oh, Jack. Oh, he was bad guy, I forgot. Jack. Jack, Jack White was capped. He was on the back of the one horse or whatever. Oh, I thought he was a bad guy. No. Okay, I, got, I, I saw the shooting her confused. So my wife, Nicole, I guess she, she, said she wasn't too enthusiastic about the question. Um... She's more of a the you know who the American version is, Kyle. Daddy Goss. No, no, no. In terms of that, like uh, brunette, strong jawline, similar niche. Uh, uh, I thought he was British for years, but he's not. And that's Nicole. That's Nicole's version of. I know who she likes that one. Lee Pace. Lee Pace. Yeah, Nicole's a big Ronan the Ronan the Destroyer, the Accuser, the Accuser. Sorry, <laughs> not because of that. Gotcha. Because of the Hobbit trilogy. Uh, as not, I mean, he's not nearly as famous as them. I feel like, right? Um, now, yeah, now he's like, he's a real like darling of the. Uh, a lot of people like him on the internet. Is he gay? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> or at least bi. Okay. No, I just, I mean, you know, as far as, I mean, obviously, whoever can still be attracted to them, you know, doesn't matter, you know, doesn't matter on their sexuality to find them attractive, but. No, I think, you know, I honestly think that that's something, again, this. I don't know why you know <laughs> we're talking. Uh, I guess I'm not like judge and jury on this, but I think if you're like, oh, I'm attracted to them. Oh, wait, they're gay. I'm not attracted to them anymore. That's a little <laughs> weird because then it's like, oh, you were only attracted to them because you thought you had a chance with that celebrity, you know? Oh, <laughs> uh, the birds here they are. No, Kidman. No, but he won. He shot. Look. Well, next time we're in Asheville, we'll reenact this scene, Kyle. Yes. Like, does, does, like moments like these, like, does it make it a better move? Why did he get off the horse? That's weird. But does it make it a better For this movie? shot. For this shot. Yeah. The horse would ruin it. Does it make it a better movie, what? That he died? That he dies. I don't think so. I honestly right? don't. I so think that... falls into... It's not just like... I mean, obviously a lot of the romantic epics end up being tragic. I feel like we left out that word. That Yeah, for sure. And that's why I think it fits as an opera. Yes. It's like over the top at times and... 
pretty yeah, good right bowl. now right now she'd be like oh, yeah. no, 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 no. <laughs> you know I put a baby in you. <laughs> no, that's not. No. Sorry, Nicholas, if it was Lee Pace. No, that's Jude Law. Oh, you thought this was Brokeback Mountain? No, it's not. Another epic movie. <laughs> that's not epic. Where I think people die in Brokeback Mountain, right? That's not epic. It's not epic? Brokeback Mountain? How is that not epic? It's not, I don't know, it's not an epic movie. What's your definition of an epic movie? Um, like multiple journeys, usually an ensemble. I think length is a big deal. Length, is, yeah, length is a very big deal. long. Brokeback Mountain's long, yeah. It's it's almost an hour, uh, two hours and a half. Really? Yeah. I remember being. I saw that in theaters. I didn't remember that being that long. It's a hundred and thirty-five minutes. I don't. I, I, don't, I, I see I don't. epic films as in the style of filmmaking, not necessarily the amount of characters. Um, and even that's what the definition is: style of filmmaking with large scale, sweeping scopes, and spectacle. Yeah, I don't think that that's Brokeback Mountain. There's how does it have not have large scale sweeping scopes and spectacle? I don't know. I think I don't think that means just like the the background. Like it doesn't have like just, I don't I don't know. It just I, period piece is a adventure film tragedy. I think it's just a. I think that one's just like a love story. I don't think it's an epic. It falls into the epic genre. It's listed as epic. Okay. Romance, drama, western epic. Yeah, I mean, they're not just ensembles, you know? No, I know not just ensembles, but that would be one thing that I would think. You know, if there's check marks of, you know, that... Let's say there's a list of ten check marks. I would think that if you meet at least like uh, six of those check marks, yeah, maybe you're an epic. But then by, by ten, it's just like yeah, you're the. You know. No, I didn't say it was the most epic film. I just said, oh, that's another epic. Yeah. So why she have a ginger? He wasn't ginger. She's not. It's not. That's he's not the dad. That's the whole point. Oh. Renee Zelliger is. Nice. No, uh, Bre- uh, Brendan Gleeson is. Food scene. <laughs> yeah. I forgot Jack White survives. And they're all one big happy white family. And her, yeah, with her white hair. Yeah, that's what I meant. Top epic movies of all time. Now I'm curious. Ranker. This is just what the people have voted. Forrest Gump. Saving Private Ryan. They're all Tom Hanks movies on this list. I don't like this <laughs> list. The Green Mile. That. 
I don't know. I don't like that list. I wouldn't say. Yeah, I wouldn't say uh, the green. Yeah, that you want to argue that one with me. I, I I will be like, okay, I don't think the Green Mile is an epic film. Apocalypse Now. Yeah. Dr. Shivago. My Giant. I'm kidding. <laughs> so next uh, week on, or in two weeks on uh, Philip Summer Hoffman podcast, P.S. I Love Hoffman, I forgot the name, we'll be covering the Billy Crystal George Mirasan film, My Giant. <laughs> <laughs> Crystal Cast? You're not interested? Crystal Cast? <laughs> crystal Cast was or Crystal Harry Collection. Harry Sally. The Crystal Collection. There has to be a better one for Crystal. My cr- cr- Crystal Wear? No, Crystal. Crystal. Crystal Cabinet. Crystal. Uh, crystal Balls. Crystal. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be a weird podcast. Where's that movie where he's a referee? Have you ever seen that one? Oh, yeah. (laughs) He's someone who, let's be honest, again, I know this is not a Hoffman topic, but he pretty much plays the same guy in every movie. Yeah, that's that's pretty fair to say, yeah. (laughs) Even The Princess Bride, honestly, like it's epic movie. Uh, I don't know, I don't know. One would think, but yes, it, yeah, I don't know. You know, it's just, but is every adventure film an epic movie? I don't know. Well, exactly. So, like, th- there's just there's some that you know. First and foremost, when I think epics, I think you know a lot of these large battle movies. So your uh, Kingdom of Heaven and your Troy and your uh, City Slickers, <laughs> Lord of the Rings, and. And then, Mike Wazowski. <laughs> so, like, yeah. Ooh, Philip Seymour Hoffman. Just got that in the water. Like so, we watched an epic movie, an epic love story. We got Cold Mountain off the list. Fun movie, long movie, historical movie, not historically accurate movie, but uh, we got our 30 minutes of Philip Seymour Hoffman. I thought it was a good performance. Some people on the internet disagree. Uh, <laughs> so... In um, let's see when we will meet up again, and I'll have you open my gift, my Hoffman-related gift. But I figured we'd do that in mid-month. Oh yeah, okay, that's good. Monday the eighteenth will be the next episode, and that's what we'll, when we'll reveal what our February movie is. Well, the Wheel of Hoffman will reveal it, and yeah. So I know Foodie Films is on a hiatus, right? But you can still check out old episodes. Correct. And I'm still chipping away at High School Slumber Party. It's my life's work at this point. So check that episode. Uh, sorry, check episodes of that out as well. Wow, I am tongue-tied today. Sorry, I'm crying over the death of Jude Law. Not in I real know, life. I'm surprised I didn't hear uh, Henry like moaning or howling or barking. He's just like sad on the ground now. I think, he's, I think he's tired of the movie. I think it was a little too long for his liking. <laughs> Well, Kyle, thanks again. This was a pleasure, and uh, I don't know if you have anything left to say, but if not, you know what you gotta say. Stay on Cool Ha fans. I believe-